Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Swati Abbott. She's the CEO of Blue Health Intelligence, a privately held healthcare analytics and intelligence company with access to the largest, most current, and conformed healthcare data repository in the U.S. Ms. Abbott has a proven record of providing focused healthcare solutions and services and has been recognized for extensive domain knowledge and industry leadership in payer, provider, and supplier markets. She is dedicated to making healthcare analytics usable for improving outcomes that positively impact lives. Today's focus is going to be on how do we do that exactly? How do we improve outcomes? How do we reduce costs of care? And uh, I'm so privileged to have this discussion with Swati and share it with everybody today. So Swati, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. So tell, tell us, Swati, what, what is it that got you into healthcare to begin with? You know, it's really interesting, and it was purely by accident. Uh, uh, you know, I got a job with a company called SoftMed, which is now part of 3M, uh, mm-hmm. you know, literally my second job, and, and, and it was uh, in healthcare, working with providers uh, for various solutions, quality assurance, quality utilization management, coding, abstraction, and, and you know, and that's how I got into healthcare, and from then I just stayed in, and I was fascinated by the, ex- the extent of change you can bring, and so, you know, that started my career, purely by chance. Wow, what a chance, and uh, you, you've done incredible <laughs> work with it, uh, and the change that you can make. I mean, it, it's incredible that that was the inspiration for you, and still continues to be your driving force. Yeah, I I am very passionate about not only the data and analytics part of what we do, but also about how do we one step at a time chip away and improve healthcare and the lives of so many Americans. That's beautiful. And 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 it's uh, one of those areas where you could make that impact. Tell us what you believe needs to be front and center on health leaders agenda today. And how are you guys tackling it? Right. I, I do think that uh, there are two main things we need to focus on. One is, uh, you know, healthcare, as you know, is uh, going through a, a huge, massive change. You know, we had uh, the Affordable Care Act a few years ago. There's been a lot of debate on the Hill and others. And so with all that in place, uh, there's also an emerging older aging population, so there's more pressure on Medicare, Medicare Advantage. You have consumerism, you know, with the millennials and the younger population. And so in the midst of all this, I think the healthcare leaders have still two basic issues. One is, uh, and you know, the other dynamic, I'm sorry to say, let me, is that if you look at the per capita spend mm-hmm. in the entire world, U.S. is spending the most with right. not very good outcomes. The quality right. of uh, care and the quality and outcomes are not that good. So that has to be top of mind and for all healthcare leaders. How do we reduce cost? And when I say reduce cost, I'm not saying not provide services. Denying services is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there is a lot of waste in the system. How do we attack that? How do we reduce the cost by taking out unnecessary services and waste and then improve uh, every individual consumer of healthcare's health and outcomes. That should be top of mind. And the other thing we can't overlook is that, you know, in today's world where every industry 
leverages the power of data. We hear about it all the time. Healthcare needs to understand what are, are the patterns of utilization, what are the patterns of outcomes, and then understand from your own data how, what are things you're not doing so well, what are things you're doing well, and then if you're not doing well, how do you improve that? So that has to be top in, or top of mind, I think. Love it. it, it you know, and, and uh, let's zoom in on the, uh, on, on the waste. You know, I feel like waste is, it, we could be a little more like uh, specific on, on the types of waste, right? Because there's so much of it. Sure. If you can, just hone in on that for a second for us. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, one, one thing that we did, a study we did uh, a couple of years ago um, at BHI, and there are several others uh, doing that, is, how, you know, there's, there's a concept called low-value care. And okay. what that means is that we are providing care, a certain type of care, that could actually end up harming a patient, and at the same time, we're spending more. And so, you know, so we have actually triangulated and said, okay, these eight or ten uh, low-value care items, and we run those numbers, and the dollars, you can save, are staggering. Wow. And, and so to give you an example, uh, low back pain, you know, uh, you, you know or uh, headaches that are not, and, you know, you're getting all kinds of uh, tests done, imaging done, you know, is that necessary? And, and, you know, you're exposing somebody, your patients through radiation. So things like that, you know, there's several of those categories that we looked at and said, you know, should we be providing? Now, you know, the question there becomes it's a clinical judgment, it's a clinician's judgment, but at least you, sh you know, shine a light on these issues. I'm not saying that that's, uh, you know, we're forcing you or not covering, but you shine a light on issues. Do you really need this step and, uh, you know, things like that. The other thing that I think is really interesting is that we've done is, you know, a lot of times when uh, people have, let's say, osteoarthritis, they may go in and get a knee replacement or a hip replacement. Mm -hmm. Well, the appropriate protocol should be, did you get physical therapy? Did you try alternative methods of trying to remedy the issue before you just jump into a joint replacement, which is expensive and could have complications? So those are the type of things that, you know, data can shine a light on, and then it tells you, you know, yes, let's consider this or let's look at a policy where we provide alternative care before we jump into surgery. Yeah, I think that's a, those are some great examples. And, and, you know, as we think about the, 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 the journey of, of, you know, a, a patient within the healthcare system, when they walk into your, your doors, you know, if you're a provider, you know, what exactly are we, are we doing here and, and how are we being stewards of the, of the resources within our system. I think it's a, a, a super important question to ask and how are you empowering those decisions? And, and so would love to hear from, from you, Swati, how you guys are using technology to, to improve outcomes and improve that, that spend. Right. I, I mean, there's multiple of ways we do that. One is, like I said, we frequently do uh, studies based on uh, news and things like that. When we had the opioid use, mm -hmm. you know, we did a study saying, what are we seeing? What are the patterns? What's leading to it? Or, uh, you know, if we're looking at, uh, you know, typically the largest spend a few years in a row was uh, joint replacements was one of the top few. So we looked at and did a study to say, you know, is that, is, was that appropriate? Mm -hmm. 
And, and so those type of things, we shine a light and we share that uh, with the Blue Cross plan. So what, uh, you know, and so BHI, just so you know, is owned by 18 Blue Cross plans uh, throughout the country. And oh, so that okay, gives us a, yeah, so that gives us a wonderful platform to do these studies oh, and then okay, go back gotcha. to our investors, all 36 Blues, and say, this is what we're finding out. So I have a newsletter that I send to all my CEOs and say, I wanted to shine a light on this issue for you. Wow. So, so we do that to share some of these findings. And then that individual plan, if they think it's appropriate, may do their individual study or set a policy saying, you know, we really think the providers, before you recommend this, you should look at this. So it's totally up to the individual blue how they want to do it, but our job is to shine the light. The other way we do it is um, we have a solution um, uh, that is, uh, you know, that we've taken a benchmarking uh, opportunity for saving solution. Mm -hmm. And what we do is we can work with any individual Blue Cross plan and show them what are the top 10 drivers of spend, let's say in the inpatient area, uh, hospitalizations, et cetera, in a physician office area, in uh, drugs, and we show them the top 10, the top 20 for that particular Blue Cross plan, and then we compare that on that same chart with benchmarks, regional and national. So it's immediate to shine the light. So you can see that, oh, I am, we found one plan a while ago, who was spending twice as much on a basic service like colonoscopy, twice as much as any other Midwest plan. And they were like, why is that? We, that, you know, and we dug in and we found that they didn't have a policy in place that said, you know, if you're getting a colonoscopy, try to go to a freestanding ambulatory surgical center. The cost is less than half. Wow. That as opposed to uh, going to a hospital. hospital but the yeah. other thing is they found a particular contract with a hospital where they had 99% of room and board. What that means is that hospital was keeping people overnight or billing the insurer that the 99% of my people getting colonoscopy are staying overnight. Wow. And, you know, so that was so far away from our benchmarks that we immediately flagged it and they fixed the contract and they got back in line. Saved twelve million dollars. Oh my goodness! So that's incredible. So, so that is the power of you know every uh, blue plan or every uh, payer would have their own issues. Some things they do really well. Some things they need to improve on. And this, in five seconds, can shine the light. Say, here's things you should be focusing on specific to your business. And so that's another way we help. Uh, a third way we work with a lot of the Blue Cross plans or uh, our clients is, you know, a lot of times large national employers, let's say you have the Walgreens, Walmart, large, large national employers who have, yes. uh, you know, uh, employees all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to, they want to test that, you know, you know, if we, uh, we believe that uh, if you, uh, you know, cut out the bottom 5%, providers in the country, you, we, you know, because they're providing such bad care, we may be able to improve, uh, lower our costs and improve our employees' health. And those kind of questions come to uh, our clients, and we sit down with them, look at their data, and so this particular opportunity came to me. I looked at their data, and I was able to sit down with them and say, you know, I looked at your total spend, 
the top area where you're spending is for this large national employer, right? Um, and I said the right. top area you're spending is pregnancy deliveries, which, you know, you have a younger population. The mm -hmm. second is joint replacements. Mm -hmm. So let me drill down into joint replacement, take an example of a knee replacement, and tell you really, are you going to save the money? Before we go and make all this change, let me at least test your hypothesis. Yes. So we did the analysis, and we pointed out to them that, you know, in fact, all you would do if you eliminate bottom percent providers is save 500000 over three years. Is that worth it? However, if you steer your employees to the best providers in your area, in wherever they're living, the best providers, you could actually save $200 million over three years. That in is just more one like it. That is more consensual. <laughs> Telling. Right, right. And so we totally turned the conversation based on the fact that we were providing them insights. Hmm. And so that is really where, when I say make data-driven decisions, it becomes so essential to look at the data, to analyze, pause, test your hypothesis, and then execute. I think it's brilliant. And, you know, for a, for a large employer providing those types of services, this is the type of insight that you want. So, <clears throat> Swati, tell me, so you're, you're working with the Blues, you're working with large employers. For the listeners thinking, man, you know, am I somebody that they would work with? I mean, tell me a little bit more about customer profiles and the type of people that you work with. Sure. Uh, we definitely um, have two aspects to our business. One is uh, we work with the Blues and their customers and or providers. So it's a collaborative, we, we like the collaborative approach as opposed to working with one versus the other. Mm -hmm. um, we also have uh, uh, several clients we work with uh, who are providers of services. Let's say we have, uh, you know, we work with IQBIA um, uh, that has a lot of uh, data licensure with pharmaceutical companies on effectiveness of drugs, et cetera. So we work with them and we provide our data to them. Uh, we also work with several providers um, uh, of services to, for, for example, providers, hospitals, uh, etc. And there, again, we have a data collaboration where our data powers their solutions. So they are able to bring meaningful insights to providers on you know, where are they referring their services? Are they doing uh, the right thing? You know, are they effective in their care? Those type of things. So, so you know, we, we work with a multitude of uh, customers that way. It's great to, to, to know that for the listeners wanting to potentially engage and learn how to, how to leverage some of this, uh, shed some of this light uh, on, on potential opportunities for savings and outcomes improvement. So appreciate you sharing that. Swati, tell us about a, a setback that you guys have had and, and what did you learn from that setback? Um, so I can talk through about BHI and give you an example, but I can also tell you my own personal experience. Uh, and let me start there. Uh, when I got into healthcare as a very, very young executive early on in my career, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I have a very left, <laughs> I was very left brain, I'm a physics uh -huh. major and uh, a programming expert and technical IT base. Mm -hmm. And I, I was in charge of this product line 
where we were providing services to hospitals uh, for different uh, clinical and non-clinical areas. And, but I was so focused on process and organization and development, and somewhere on my radar, just coming from my inclination, right? We all do what we're, we're comfortable doing. And I was comfortable on the process, the organization, being a great manager and building great products, technical, and totally lost the customer along the way. Mm. And, and uh, you know, did not really understand what we're building and why. Yeah. And was so busy on the technical to build and stand it up. And a lot of, as I go through, even at BHI, I hire young executives, and I love that coaching. Always think of what your customer is, what they want. Why are you building it? Question. Yes. And how can we solve the problem? Uh, you know, we all owe it to ourselves and our companies to do that. And it's, you know, so uh, when that company brought in an expert on that, I was like, oh, my God. I felt like I failed, and and I reflected on it, and I realized I was so busy in process and tasks that I forgot my customer along the way. I have to understand what they need. Why am I building this? What can I do uh, better than what they already have today? And and that's the thought that you can't leave behind. And I think that that message stays with me even today. And, and they're both so important, right? You know, and, and appreciate that message that you're you're leaving here with with us, uh, and, and it is. But you know, it, it, they're both so important, right? Keeping close to the customer and delivering a high quality solution. What what do you do to to stay balanced there, right? Um, yeah, and you know, and I'll give you an example of what we're doing at BHI now, right? Sure. I I came to BHI from a company called MedAI, where we used artificial intelligence to really go through mind healthcare data and predict. So, you know, I've talked about uh, descriptive analytics, which is you're looking back in the rear view mirror and saying, this is what happened, this is what you need to do, right? Mm -hmm. Then at MedAI, we did a lot of predictive, which is, okay, we, you know, we know, for example, let's take my name, uh, Swati Abbott, um, you know, and you could look at it and say, oh, Swati may have, has diabetes and she has hypertension and she's not very good about taking her drugs. So we predict she's going to cost you 50000 or above next year. Hmm. She's right now at 5000 But based on her profile, we predict this. So that was very essential. Mm-hmm. And, and so at BHI, we do that too. But then, you know, when my team was working on it, I said, I worked at MedAI nine years ago. We can't come back at BHI and do what uh, we did nine years ago. There are many companies who are doing that. What else is needed? Yes. So we went and talked to our customers and understood their need and really came back and said, what we really need is once you predict what these members are, who these people are who need extra care so that you can truly provide better care and prevent them from becoming the train wrecks that they're on a path to. What do you do? If you, as a health plan or a provider, call that person, you call Swati Abbott, what are the three things you need to tell me to do? Mm-hmm. So now we're looking at prescriptive analytics, and I'm so excited about that. Mm-hmm. We're mining our data, and we're going and saying, okay, how do we create personas of members? Who are the two people who are diabetics and who are the same age group 
and who have the same profile, why did one become really sick and cost a, a lot and really it's a turmoil on that patient's family as well as the healthcare system versus the other who stayed healthy? And then we come down with what are the five things this one did that the other didn't? And so by machine learning, we can give you prescriptive analytics, which means what do you do about the predictions you made? So that is, you know, where I'm heading. You have to understand the need, not just put a solution and then advance it to keep ahead of the healthcare system. I love it. I love it. You're not stopping at, hey, here's your potential problem, but here's a set of solutions that have worked. Right. You can try them. You can you can start a a, a you know a program a policy. Love this uh, enhancement for sure. And, and so you've had a lot of success too, Swati. I I'd love to hear from you what you believe is one of your proudest uh, moments to date. You know, uh, the one that 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 does. Uh, you know, when I was joining BHI. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, we had 18 investors plus Blue Cross Association as an investor, so 19 investors. And uh, BHI was actually formed as a division of Blue Cross Association because the association works with all the individual blue plans. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Scott Sirota, their CEO, decided in 2010 that the best approach for this would be to spin it off as a for-profit standalone company and, and get a CEO who could then give it direction. Hmm. And so they hired me as the first CEO, um, and I joined in 2011. Uh, You know, I I talked to a lot of blue CEOs, I talked to several people in the industry, and everybody was like, this is going to be very challenging. How do you, uh, you know, when you have that many investors, how are you ever going to get uh, consensus? How are you ever going to be able to lead this? And, And, you know, my answer was, I have to understand what they're trying to achieve because the problem is pretty universal. Mm -hmm. And I have to try to create solutions that can adapt to their individual market. And I, and you know, and some of it is a trust and it's a challenging environment, but I believe that if we can start showing small successes, we will get people to believe and join. And so, and when I was able to, and I, when I joined BHI, I laid out a five-year business plan on what level of uh, adoption I would have with the solutions we build, what solutions would I build, what would be the revenue, what would be the expense. And, and, you know, and I have to say I have a wonderful team, and we were able to beat all our goals five years in a row, and nice we're job. now going on eight, nine. So, and it was just because we kept our ears to the ground, we listened to our customers, we didn't let one customer drive the whole agenda. We were looking at customers. We had constant meetings, and we 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 created solutions that were more uh, universally appealing. It could adapt to a local um, plan's needs as well as the overall system. And and I think that that is a message, you know, that a lot of people have an investor or two, and you know, let's always think of the broader market. Let's always think of what is the problem we're solving. And that'll lead to how you do it. Love it. Yeah, it's a it's it's a great pathway to to get things done. Doesn't matter how many investors you have if your focus right. is so clear. And, and right. so, Swati, tell us what's the most exciting thing you guys are working on today. Well, 
I am super excited on number one, the prescriptive analytics that mm-hmm. I told you about. That that you know nobody in the healthcare industry has really quite nailed it in a machine learning. Yeah, clinicians can give you that. So I'm very excited about that. But I'm also very excited uh, to say that you know we already have. Uh, over 190 million uh, lives going back nine, 10 years, and the greatest database, as you mentioned. But we have now been approved by CMS um, as a qualified entity. And what that means is that we will be able to tie our, I mean, we have the largest commercial database, uh, commercial insurance database in healthcare in the U.S. And when we get Medicare data, which is what we will get from CMS, mm-hmm. then we will pretty much have almost one, uh, you know, uh, 150 or, uh, you know, unique members in the United States. We'll be covering pretty much half the population between the Blues and CMS. And and, and also, the, and the other relevant thing that I am excited about this opportunity is uh, that we can actually, and CMS wants you to be a qualified entity so we can improve care in a provider setting. We can give providers feedback on their, um, uh, you know, uh, in, on their performance and what, what are opportunities for improvement. And think about it. Typically, a provider, if you look at a provider, they work with so many insurers. They work with Medicare, CMS. They work with United. They work with the Blues. They work... So it becomes, you know, it's hard for them to be able to streamline their efforts because everybody's saying something different. Right. But with us having this much data, we pretty much would have about 70% on average because the blues are so dominant locally mm-hmm. of a provider's experience. Yeah. And that can really, I think, uh, forward our goal of really collaboration with the providers and being able to give give them good feedback and information. So I'm excited about that. That's very exciting. And and congratulations to, to you and your team. That's, uh, that's an incredible uh, 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 milestone, I'd say. It really is. And thank you. Yes, we're very excited. You know, just, just thinking through the, the, the potential benefits, you know, uh, just outside of, you know, uh, the provider space and, 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 you know, outside of, 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 of payers, you know, being able to also yeah. work with the, the government data, you're capturing so yeah. much. And you're seeing when people before retirement, their journey, and if you can, you know, after retirement, what are the patterns, what, what are the trends? I mean, those are very useful insights uh, if we, you know, towards our goal of improving healthcare. Yeah, and Swati, you know, I kind of think of it as um, as mapping. Like you're, you guys are, are are data mapping what hasn't been mapped before. Kind of like when, you know, uh, before we knew the the world was round, and and you know, people were <laughs> mapping the the geography, right? Right. That's really yeah, neat. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. It's very that exciting, is, and we're is. also collaborating with several partners in the space who can, you know, who do a lot of research. We have an analytic council that we've established with several academic researchers from Harvard, Rice University, etc., uh, Stanford, and all, so that we can we can uh, you know get their insights into this too. So uh, it's it's an exciting moment. I would definitely agree with you and. And so getting close to the end of the, of the interview here, uh, Swati, I wish we had more time. Um, uh, we're going to do the lightning round. So I got a couple questions for you, and then uh, you could share a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Sure. All yeah. right. 
What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think understand, the, start with data, and then analyze that data, and then make sure that you have a good execution plan. Your findings are, uh, you know, they're actionable. What would you say is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I think number one, when you get results, when you analyze data, question them, you know, and say, does it make sense? Review it. But then I think the biggest pitfall is also sometimes uh, when we do research, we tend to get too much on the data and analytics side and don't think, are they executable? Are they actionable? So make sure that whatever the findings and research we're doing is actionable so we can actually do something with it. Love that. And it goes back to your, your prescriptive analytics, right? I mean, right. you want to right. get those actionable insights. Absolutely. How do you stay relevant uh, despite all the change? Yeah, I, I joke about this, you know, uh, predictability in an unpredictable, in unpredictable times, right? <laughs> um, and I think <laughs> that's where we're, we're in. And yeah. what you can do is anticipate, stay curious, and don't, don't get stagnant. Always anticipate, always, uh, you know, a part of my business as we do it is we always have an R&D area where we're always trying to do some research, uh, test some hypotheses, hmm. and I surround myself with curious people who love doing that. Love that. Uh, what, what's an area of focus that drives everything at your organization? Data, data, data. <laughs> How do we, and, and you know, we have the data, we talked about the CMS and our data, we're also expanding that data source. We have claims right now, medical pharmacy, we're expanding it to social determinants of health. Are you, what is, which, which geography hmm. is this member or patient in? You know, other geographical or community-based factors, they don't have a grocery store, they don't have a drugs pharmacy, are those impacting their care? So if you understand those, your prescriptive analytics need to reflect that. Your solution needs to be, when I say actionable solution, you need to look at a person in their geography, in their setting, and apply a custom personal solution. You can't just have one size fits all. And so uh, that is why I think data and different sources of data is critical. Love that. What, what book would you recommend to the listeners, Swati? I, I go back to a very simple book, um, who moved my cheese? Huh. It's, I read it so many years ago as a young executive, and yeah. and it's like you know it's so true. Your cheese is gonna <laughs> get moved. Something is going to happen that will drastically change your life, your world, your business world. In fact, I read it even to my son when he Did and you? he was like seven years old. I'm like, everybody needs to know that that your cheese in yeah. life is always gonna move, and and what do you do about it? And if you're an executive, you absolutely need to understand that should be like you, your question, right? Despite <laughs> yeah. constant change. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. You know, you know, what's funny is I was actually thinking about that book the other day. You know, it's like uh, there is so much change happening right now. Uh, it's right. awesome that you mentioned that. I actually don't even have it on my bookshelf anymore. I'm, I'm going to buy it today after we're done. <laughs> or you can come to my office. I have it in my reception. <laughs> oh, do you have it in your reception? Oh my gosh, yes. that is so good. I am. I'm so glad you have it there. That's uh, sends a message, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Love that, Swati. Uh, so here we are. I mean, we reached the end. I wish it wasn't over yet. Maybe we'll have to do a part two. Um, but, but really appreciate the insi- insights you shared with us today, Swati. Leave us with the closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could engage and learn more. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, as I would say, healthcare is at a, uh, you know, rapidly changing, a lot happening. There's an aging population that's hitting uh, healthcare. Uh, consumerism is here, and healthcare is woefully inadequate in handling consumers, as you all know, transparency. Uh, there are all kinds of care models we're saying, working with providers and payers. There's disruption from technical giants like Google and Amazon. They want to be in healthcare. They understand they could help solve it. And in all this, I think what we, what I think we need to understand is data will be the critical currency in healthcare. We have to understand and make right decisions and navigate these changes and these times the right way. And we have to keep in mind, like I started, we have to keep in mind that our goal is to improve the care for every individual receiving care in the healthcare United States today and to contain costs without impacting care. Love it. What a, what a great closing statement there. And, and for the listeners to learn more, Swati, where, where would you say they should go? I would love for you to go to my website as well as if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me at info at bluehealthintelligence one word.com. Outstanding. There you have it, folks. Questions, reach out to uh, Swati's team, the website, bluehealthintelligence.com. We'll also leave a link in the show notes. Uh, you know where to go, outcomesrocket.health. Swati, this has been brilliant. Uh, really appreciate the time you've dedicated with us today. Thank you. I appreciate spending some time and would love to do a follow-up. <laughs>